Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi everyone, it's James here from the Champions of Happy podcast. It is a hot day. So grab your headphones, plug them in and go for a walk and listen to the Champions of Happy podcast. And if you go for a really long walk, listen to more episodes of the Champions of Happy podcast. And if you find the time on your walk, give us a five-star rating and lovely review on iTunes. That'll really help the podcast grow. (laughs) Thank you so much. On this episode, I am talking to Lindsay. She is so kind, so lovely. We chatted for ages. I've had to do a fair bit of editing down on this episode. Uh, It is a bit of a longer one, but it's all totally worth it. She is the host and founder of Impossible Things, who put on performances, shows, brunches of all different themes, such as Spice Girls, Taylor Swift, The Greatest Showman, a bit of Disney. Their new project, based on Bridgerton, which will be Bruncherton, at the Pleasure Gardens of Vauxhall. So excited for that. Yeah, she does it all. She's absolutely so kind, so lovely. She talks all about her past as she worked in LA, when she used to be in a girl band, um, and yeah, just the future. She's so lovely. So uh, enjoy the episode, enjoy the sun as it lasts, and keep well. Thank you. Hello and welcome to the podcast, Lindsay. How are you? I'm good, thank you. (laughs) Happy Friday. Oh, I like how my glasses look like they're touching each other that way. Clink. I'll make the noise. <laughs> <laughs> so the date is Friday, the 11th of June. Restrictions, lockdowns are starting to ease off. I keep every time I say this, this isn't a, a COVID podcast, but it, the question does get raised every time. How have things been for you? You're right. Oh my goodness! What a loaded question. Do I have to ask? <laughs> like answering sound bites. <laughs> at this point i am it, it's four days before my birthday just fyi and we've arranged Ooh. a covid compliant party in the ha- in the garden of the house that i'm currently speaking to you at which is my brother's in wimbledon park so we've got that to look forward to and that's all of us together and this, for the first time we're all vaccined up and we're all like you know raring to go so that'll be really lovely so from that perspective it's all good. What just happened? I don't know. A year of what? I don't know. Let's forget about uh, more wine. Shh, white noise. Um, all of it. Yeah, no. It, to be honest, um, it, I never stop working. I'm one of these people that, you know, you give me some free time, which obviously COVID did in, in, this, mm. in the form of the lockdown. Um, but I, I just sat there and went, right, this is an opportunity and applied for Arts Council, an Arts Council grant and got the money we needed to create Once Upon a Crime online, which is our digital whodunit, immersive whodunit, that I know you have played. I have, and we are going to get to that. So let's not spoil okay. that for the listeners let's just preempt. yet. Firstly, I guess let's introduce you to the listeners. Um, Lindsay, can you please uh, give us a very brief introduction as to who you are and what you do? Okay. I am a singer-songwriter by trade. That's what I've done since my teens um, from the East Midlands, Quorn near Loughborough in Leicestershire. And spent most of my life in London one way or another um, studying film fashion um, and performing live circus cabaret you name it I've done it 
And then I lived a little bit in, in LA producing TV and film just for a little while, for five years, um, and running a boutique record label. But I was in bands in the noughties that charted a couple of times. And um, basically, I'm, I'm just, you know, if someone had to say, well, what are you? Because I'm always one of these people that's like, I did this, I did this, I did this, you know, proper Gemini. I'm a singer. <laughs> I'm a singer first and foremost. If someone had to nail it down, I, I'd say performer because it's easier than that way. It covers a lot of things, covers a lot of things. Sure. But yeah, so that's me. Um, is that short enough? <laughs> that's, that's, I mean, wow, what a list. I'm curious, what bands were you in? So I was in a band called Girls at Play, um, which was around, uh, I think we. I joined it in 1999. You know, I'm, I'm 25, so I was very young, if not, not even uh, born. And uh, um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I was in it for three years, and we charted in 2000 and 2001 with a song called um, Airhead. You can pull it up now. I will I let am, you do that am. and, and Girl, appreciate you that. Look. And then we've charted again with a cover of um, the Mel and Kim song from the 80s called Respectable. And we supported Steps on uh, two big arena tours, and we supported Hearsay on their arena tour. Yeah, that's me. Oh my yeah. God, I do recognize this. Aha, uh-huh. ah. you should. Yeah, I mean, the, the people you hang out I have with. A, I have a celebrity on the podcast. Oh my know. goodness, it's like you just didn't even know. So when, <gasps> I thought that was the reason. I'm, you know, I, I'm shocked that you don't have us on repeat on your Spotify. Or I mean, now I'm going to. <laughs> oh my God, what a dream. What kind of um, stuff did you produce in LA then for TV wise so it was one of those um, things serendipitous it, um, I went over there and there was um, a couple of people I met and, and one of them saw what I was up to and just uh, it knew me from my music past and asked mm. me to run a boutique record label and it's uh, it was Big Finish Records I don't know if you know Big Finish they look after all of the Doctor Who audiobooks and things like that so oh. Doctor Who you t- mm. people that love Doctor Who tend to know that name and I ran a little boutique record label and we had had a couple of um, amazing women signed to the label. One of them was Nadia Ford, who has gone on to do some other things. But she, at this point, um, was known in Dublin, a bit of a kind of Kim Kardashian for Dublin. And um, we created a TV show around her and her escapades in Hollywood called Nadia Goes to Hollywood for TV3 in Ireland. And um, I also was um, in it as her mentor. So... And all of my friends got roped in in LA. So, uh, you know, we got my, my friends who are producers, singer-songwriters, they all helped um, and played and performed with us. And then we, yeah, I got one of my best friends out there to, to direct. I produced. And, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Crazy times for three years doing that, uh, creating that, and also creating her debut um, album campaign. So the videos, music um, videos that went with that. Yeah, and oh I God. created my own EP at the same time. So I have an EP called uh, Stateside Volume 1, which is available on Spotify. Once you get bored with Girls at Play. <laughs> <laughs> Skip up to that. that. Yeah, and it's about, it's kind of my, my first sort of, um, I'd say, uh, first part of my journey in LA. And I've got the songs waiting for Volume 2. They are already recorded, but I have yet to release them. So, Ooh. Yeah, is, that an exclu- is that an exclusive? Well, maybe. I mean, I'm just, you know, I'm waiting for the opportune moment. Um, They need mixing and mastering, but they're already there. And I'm super proud of those songs. And I actually sing them in the TV show because we did um, like a live performance at one point. So, yeah, and that's volume two. and, And very much, I was very proud of that, those songs that we created out there. 
Amazing. I've only been in LA very, very shortly between uh, traveling in America, so I didn't really get to experience it properly. What is the LA life? Because every time I hear people talk about it on podcasts or TV shows, they always say LA is trash. But is that true? It's like, is it not friendly? Is it worse than London for that respect? Interesting. I mean, it's such a big question because I don't think there's anywhere else like it in the world. And I think it's, um, I always say it's just like life, but times 10, right? Everything that's good about life and everything that's bad about life, it has in this one place, but it's all super fast and super, and super exaggerated. So, um, and what you've got is you've got an amazing place. It's the yin and yang right there. You've got an amazing place that draws these amazing creative brains and minds and talent, but you also have the flip side of what that brings. And you've got people over there that are transient who are there and they've got a set time and a set idea of what they've got to be there for. And it just brings out the worst and the best in people, if that makes sense. Hmm. And we always used to say when we're over there, don't hang out with someone unless they've been there at least two years because they've kind of earned their stripes because what happens, and I say three actually, because what happens is for that first two or three years, everyone is an orphan out there. Like People don't really have friends and family out there. So they're trying to find who they are in this new environment. And they're also trying to be whoever they want to be because they've gone there for a reason usually. Sure. So it, that kind of mix, if, if you don't, so you've got to know who you are and if you don't know, you've got to find out pretty fast. Otherwise, you're going to end up, you know, there's a lot you can get involved in out there and it can it can end badly. So so although I kind of agree with those people, if I always say there's a lot of opportunity, too. So if you are if you are ready and you know who you are and it's not going to shake that um, and you will be tested, then you will have your turn uh, at bat. You will have your turn to go and show people what you can do. And there's, you know, and I've got friends out there that have done great things, but they've also you know, they're on the same journey anyone else is anywhere else. It's just mm. more and intense and that's the highs are higher and the lows are lower. So, and now, and that's my experience and that was what, so I came back in 2015, so it's nearly six years. Um, I would say it's changed even more. I think from what I heard, a lot of people left after, after I left, obviously, everyone left. Yeah, yeah. Why, actually, why bother being there? Well, exactly. But, but, but my friendship circle, in all seriousness, they all did kind of one by one like the and my, my my besties have actually the ones that are still in the area have moved to palm springs in nevada to vegas and that's really interesting to me too because you know these are people that wouldn't come when i say home like one of them's german you know i've got friends that have gone back to scandinavia i've got friends that go back to austria like australia like I, we came from all over the world to be in la right mm. but they have all kind of moved out because there's been a bit of a shift. And, I, you know, Trump, yes, that's part of it. COVID, that's part of it. But there's been a bit of a shift in LA. And, I, you know, I've not been back since. So well, apart from for a wedding on top of the W Hotel once. Um, but I think things have slightly changed out there. And, you know, there's a lot of homeless um, people that are, you know, it, there's, a, there's a lot of social issues that need addressing. And it's changed, I think, maybe um, the feeling of the city. This is what my friends have told me. So that's interesting. And, and hopefully they'll figure it out because I think it's an amazing place. But there's one thing I will say, the shift of also the focus on production because of um, the, the, the winners of the Oscars lately, you know, the, the films that have won now are more global on, in their outlook. There's more diversity happening. And that includes not just Hollywood made films. So I think for the film industry, I think that's really healthy. But I think what's going to happen is the knock on effect is all around the world is going to have its chance to kind of create uh, movies that everyone gets to see and know about. 
but Hollywood's going to go through a shift because of it because I think there's going you know for years decades it's been the focus of that industry and now that's shifting too so I think there's something going on there who knows if you believe in energy and you know going through evolutions then I think LA's definitely haven't won as a city cool I could talk I could listen to you talk about LA all, all day um because I didn't get to really experience very much I, I did more of New York um when I was over there um I mean I was barely there but I loved it I can't I want to go back so bad but um that's another thing people say go on. I was just gonna say, oh, it's go another people, people used to say if you if you like New York you won't like LA because they're uh... so different but I always think that you can't actually compare them the reason that I think they say it to Brits that they like New York is that you can walk everywhere which you can do in London and in LA you can't and in a lot I was of cities, ask, do you need to drive everywhere in LA? Everywhere, and you need to know where you're going too. Uh, and you don't, you can't do that thing. I, it was only coming back, at, say Christmases and stuff, where I would drive in the car in England, and one, like, try and remember what side of the road I was on. But two, I'd look in windows, like houses, shops, and I just thought, I don't get to do that because you don't really have those kind of streets in LA where you can do that. It's weird. It's it, it's bizarre what you miss. But I recommend everyone moving away and living in another country if they can, if they're you know able to, because I think it's a really good way to get perspective on your own place and 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 it kind of value your own home country. But anyway, yeah. yeah. See, I'm a I'm a terrible terrible driver, um, and that's why I had to leave the north because I couldn't get anywhere, um, and that's why I can't leave London because the public transport here is too good. Um, <laughs> that's why I can I'll never be able to buy a house, but I'll be able to jump on the tube. So, Where are you from? Uh, I'm from Manchester in Berry. Manchester. Oh, you have a soft Manc accent. I can hear it though. I don't have. Can you hear it? Oh, can you? Yeah, Most just a little bit. Always, just a little bit. No, I can tell of... you were northern, but I, I hadn't placed uh, it completely. Yeah, yeah. So all the northerners think I'm from down south. I live from down south, it's a bit like. Uh, um, but my dad was in the army and we moved around every two years. Um, but we settled back in Manchester when I was year seven, year eight. So I just got this weird generic not northern but kind of northern voice depends when I, when I go there and I see my friends the old word comes slips out more as well it's vowels it's it's you use like that's the same as me I, I can people that can't place me and depending on who I'm talking to I'll totally morph into their accent sometimes I feel uh. like I'm being rude as well because I can't help it <laughs> I really want to copy people anyway but so but when I say mom mom mm. or or, mom. or Putney <laughs> Which is where I'm from, like with where I live, Putney. I'm like, oh, really? Okay. But other than that, and then for a while when I was in LA, it was this weird transatlantic weird thing. Oh, did you have a LA, LA accent? Well, I don't think I did, but, 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 you know, but even just then, well, like I'm thinking about it, like there'd be the odd thing where I'd just start to talk a little bit American at the end, you know, like just in amongst the British accent, I, it would be like a twang and I'd go up at the end, like if I was talking to my Australian friends and it, I'm just weird. It, I'm never one to, to ask about accent because <laughs> I just, I love good accent. But anyway. I feel with LA... You just go up and make yeah, a big like sound. Belly. Like a question. Yeah. You've <laughs> but, been um, watching Mean Girls? Here... Oh, God, I love Mean Girls. I can't <laughs> wait for the movie musical version of the movie, which is going to be insane. Um, I mean... We're here to talk about you and all things happy. And we are uh, exclusive new thing. I've never done the podcast before, but this is the Champions of Happy. So we're going to start off with our happy moment. Insert sound effect here, whatever it is. <laughs> that's it yeah i'll recall i'll just use that as a soundbite forever now you can have that one um, 
Thank you. So uh, just to get the ball rolling, basically I emailed you in the week saying um, I want to start the podcast off with a happy story, anecdote, memory, fact, fun fact. Um, I'll get the ball rolling. Just it's mine's very short and a bit a bit go me. But um, this week I got my vaccine um, and I'm absolutely terrified of needles and i just want to say a massive thank you to all the stuff there were there they i got like asked like five pe- by five people before i even walked into the room all my details to confirm everything and everyone was so sweet everyone was so kind it was so efficient i sat down and i had the nurse to my left a man in front of me he was writing all my contact details down and such um and i said i'm a little bit nervous but I want to do this. Let's just get it done. And bless his heart, he like started asking me questions about, oh, what do you do for a living? And how are you? And before I knew it, the injection was over. And I knew exactly what he was doing. And I said, I knew what you were doing, but thank you all the same. I turned to the nurse. I said, thank you to you. And yeah, it was painless. And I was out in about like 20 minutes, if that. Um, so thank you to our amazing NHS staff. Bring on number two. And let's get this sudden disease over with kick it out of the pool yeah so it's funny because you say NHS stuff but I've got friends that are volunteering a lot of them are just volunteers or, or yes, you know you're right. people they're you know bringing in so that's also very fascinating isn't it that, mm. that those people are giving their time to help combat all of this but well done I'll give you a round of applause James thank you yeah I was ter- no I wasn't terrified I've been more nervous because I've heard this one wasn't that bad um but I still it's a needle the moment I look at a needle I'm like ah um, were you poorly did how did it affect you I had my, not really, no. So I had my arm, I could barely, mm, I could. I just had stru- trouble moving my arm because I had Pfizer. I had to move, I had trouble moving my arm with it. I was just really sleepy. Like, I was really tired when I got home. I was really tired on Thursday. I was a bit tired today, but I've kind of woken up a bit now. I've had wine, so mm. yeah. Mm. Um, but no, overall, I was fine. My partner had days. another one. He was quite sick. Um, bless him. He went to bed. We We went to bed and... He apparently had a fever, had shakes, had um, felt a bit nauseous. I slept through the entire thing, and I he we woke up in the morning and said, "Oh, how are you?" And he hated me because I slept. I sleep with everything. <laughs> and he's like, "Why didn't you help me?" I was like, "What? I didn't know." <laughs> I mean, I was the same. I had the shivers and the achy joints, and you know, it was a little fever-like and and flu-like before I went to bed. But then the next day, I just felt out of sorts. It wasn't really anything, mm. but. But yeah, that's that feeling, isn't it? It's just like tiredness. And you obviously you can feel that your body's doing something, something's going on. Um, but I'm hoping the second one, which I've got next week, is not going to do that. But you never know. I don't know. Mm. I think everyone's completely different. That's the thing. Yeah. yeah. But well done, James. Thank you. Uh, what is uh, I didn't get a sticker, though. Fuming. Uh, what? Fuming. Where's the lollipop? At least. I know. I got the, got the, got the card, which is one thing so that for the Insta story. But I was like, where's my sticker? <laughs> so what is your happy moment you'd like to share with us? <laughs> okay, so when you emailed me this, I'm like, okay, which route do I go? Do I go... Because I have a lot of stories. I've, I've been a singer for a while and I've done... I've sang in lots of situations and I'm like, which story that I old yarn shall I tell James which one do I think he'd appreciate <laughs> old yarn. But, you know well there's a few that come out in these scenarios and um, I think you'd like the one about my curtains I think that's what I decided because I could tell you okay. about the time when we sang to Manchester United I could tell you about the time I jumped in with a ball gown wearing a full ball gown on a, a, a small cruise ship as the sun was coming up up in Monte Carlo, I can tell you about my lovely little cavapoo called Merlin, who brings me joy every single day. 
two and a half and and one of the reasons why I'm here is because he loves his uncle Mike and I can't not bring him to see my brother um I could tell you about all these things but I thought I would tell you about the story of my um I suppose you can call it graduation, but you know, like the, I was 18. It was the end of, it was the, the sixth form ball. That's what we call mm-hmm. it, isn't it? Sixth form ball. We're not American. Um, and I couldn't be bothered to go. I was so, you know, too cool for school, literally. Um, was like, oh, it's going to be so boring. Everyone from school, whatever, you know, at this point I'm wanting to be a pop star and you know, nothing's good enough. And I decide at this point, I am not wearing a gown like everyone else. Some sort of taffeta frou-frou affair. I'm like, nope, that's not happening. I'm wearing um, black flares at this point, nice. right? I'm wearing um, something that's just anti everything you know I, I can possibly do. So what do I do? I'm sitting there going, right, I've got these these low slung. This is the late '90s, so you know, like low slung black flares, and I'm like, right, what do I wear with? I know. I looked up at my bedroom, and I was like, I'm going to wear the curtains in full von trap glory i pulled them down so at this point <laughs> i'd got red sort of organza kind of i don't know see like a see-through net up in my wind on my window like in a lovely design i didn't like we made it this is me right with all my movie posters and whatnot on my bedroom all that that's what i decided was curtains i'd put this material up there bear in mind i'm studying fashion as well so you know obviously it's oh. i've got to make an entrance i've got to do something good so oh. i pulled down this red net material wrap it around as a halter neck around my neck switch it over my boobs tie it around and do a big bow at the bottom so i don't know if you can imagine kind of holston-esque if you watched holston on netflix yeah no i see it. you know yeah, yeah. halter neck over the boobs wrap around big bow and then like the trail so that i would walk in with this like thing so that's what i did and i rocked up um kind of really nonchalant had some pictures taken as we went in because obviously there's always a photographer at these things go in grab the microphone from the band that were there was super annoying i'm sure they wanted to like kill me but i was like i'm gonna sing sang i think a lenny kravitz song it ain't over till it's over and um and then left it couldn't be bothered to stay for very long and left and went met my friends in the pub but what i realized when I finally did see these pictures that, that came out and everyone saw at school is that the flash bulbs had made me my, my net top completely see-through. So I was also flashing as well. I mean, that's rock and roll, though. That's pretty... 90s rock yeah. and roll yeah yeah so then i and then i got in the, the girl band and you know the rest is history so obviously i you know i earned my stripes by doing that but yeah Doesn't is that it? fun yeah. is that fun does that make is that a fun story does that work that wasn't yeah i mean i don't think i'm ever gonna hear that kind of story ever again so <laughs> yes i was gonna ask for pictures but now i'm a bit like uh maybe not <laughs> <laughs> they're in the hall of fame somewhere in my old school maybe i don't know <laughs> i do have a fun fact as well though do you want to hear that always Okay, good. Because I was like, this is fun too. It made me giggle anyway. So hopefully it makes other people happy. So according to Guinness World Records, um, the first person to be charged for speeding was Walter Arnold of the English village of Paddock Wood in Kent. On January the 28th, 1896. Uh, Guess how fast he was going, James? Oh, um, I'm not very good at this. Uh, 20 miles per hour. Eight miles per hour. Oh my god! How, that's so like he was a going fast... eight miles Ooh. per hour, and it was a two mile an hour Is speed it? limit <laughs> in this little village. And he was charged; uh, he was fined four pounds and seven shillings on his bike. He was on his bike, and the constable had to chase after him. <laughs> I mean, that was a lot of money back then, I imagine, as well. I think that was a lot of money. Yeah, definitely. I'd be, I'd be upset about that now. Yeah. So yeah, there you go. Eight. He was going oh. eight miles per hour in a Kent village. 
1996. I, I don't know. That made pla- me happy. I hope there's a plaque there or something or a warning. I was thinking at least a coffee shop be. named after him. <gasps> yes. Oh, do you know what you should get? What's the fastest cake in the world? Scone. I don't know what's Ah, uh, <laughs> Bomb, Champions of Happy. You come here for some stories. You come here for some anecdotes. You come here for some comedy. What more do you want? Subscribe, rate, like it. Vote <laughs> us on you... some podcast episode. Uh, podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Have another glass of wine. Yeah, cheers. Have some more wine. Cheers. So obviously, I first came across you when our mutual friend Ben, um, who has his own podcast, Once Upon a Screen and his new drag race podcast once upon a queen um he i think it was it i'd been home for christmas and i was coming home from manchester back to london home um and i don't think i was feeling very well but he then he told me he was going to this brunch in acton um at the aeronaut uh, and it was a disney he didn't tell me much about it but he told me it was a disney brunch there's gonna be some singers and some cabaret and i was like and he told me about so much Prosecco was available for so much. I was like, okay, cool. I'm there. I'm there. Fab. Rock up. Still not feeling too great. But then walk in. And it, the Aeronaut is this... I didn't realise how big the Aeronaut was since the outdoor brunch. But the Aeronaut is huge. It's like this kind of... I don't know how you'd ex- describe it. A circus tenty vibe, would yeah. you say? Yeah, yeah. circus um, Yeah, for sure. And I got there and he was there. I can't remember who else was there. It was terrible. But it was a while ago now. But, um... And... Your show, Impossible Things, you do a different... Well, this wasn't a brunch. This was an evening show. But you had uh, an, uh, an air, air, aerialist? Aerialist? Yeah. Hoop person? Um, a, a, a lady with fire um, doing some burlesque. Uh, I think there was, there was a magician who was a bit cute, actually. And he did, did a card trick, which, and he was quite nice. Um, and obviously, uh, our friend Mark was there, dressed up as the gorgeous Prince Charming. Um and I was just wowed, and I was—I left feeling a lot better than I did than I first got there. Oh. How would you describe what exactly Impossible Things is? Because I just did so a terrible from, job of that. No, you didn't. So, that, and the fact that you're even inviting me on your podcast, which is uh, about champions of happiness, is really—or champions of happy, I should say—is really um, flattering. But also, um, it underlines, I think, what. Uh, the best part of my job is, and that is that people genuinely, um, you know, get endorphin fueled and um, come together in the best possible way and are allowed to, uh, we create a space where they're allowed to just be whoever they want to be at that point. And that's why the themes work. I think from your description, you came to the ball, you came to um, When You Wish Upon a Ball, which... um, was a bit of a one-off for us and that's why it was a I think an, an afternoon evening event because normally we do brunches and and our brunch that's that themed is when you wish upon a brunch so obviously Ben had to come with all of his um, connections uh, to his podcasts as well but so yeah I'd say that we create immersive interactive fun themed uh, events that are experiences. They're not just shows. We do do shows and we do do traditional cabaret, but we tend to always have some sort of interactive um, elements to it, whether that's a quiz, whether it's sing-along, whether that's, um, you know, we encourage the heckling, we encourage the interaction like that, or whether it's actual interaction and you're part of the story and that's what's happening. You know, we've got a, a new immersive theatre event happening in July, which is very much moving us along into that kind of immersive theatre where... Um, 
people are part of the storyline and we're going to give them stuff to do that moves the story along. And that's brunch tin, but we'll get to that, I'm sure. Yes. But um, so I would say that we are all of those things and, you know, you can pick a theme that suits you and, and have a chance to air that outfit that you've had in the wardrobe for a little while because you went to a France dress party at one point and you really want to wear it again. Or you're just a super fan of something, you know, and we fully, fully encourage that because guess what? We are all super fans and on the team. You know, the, the thing we always say to people is that here at Impossible Things Entertainment, we kind of look at each other and go, right, what do we want to do next? Like, what do we want to do? Like, what do we want to wear? What should we do? That's what we do is we, you know, it just so happens we sing, dance, act, you know, play with fire, do crazy circus stuff. You know, Amy swallows balloons like, you know, opera, <laughs> you know, yeah, I know Ben's a big fan of Chrissy Perkins, who's super operatic voice. But, you know, they're all we all do these amazing things. But really what we do is we give people a safe place to come and join us and have fun, too, and do the same thing. Mm. Obviously, not necessarily the opera part, but definitely the outfit and definitely to have fun. And and that, I think, is what's contagious. And I think that's our USP. I think that's what makes us special, maybe from the next immersive theatre um, company. Nice. Just to name, because you've got you've had so many different themes. To name a few, obviously you've had a Disney one, you've had um, a Taylor Swift one. Uh, you're about to do a '90s one, which I'm coming to shortly, which is next weekend, I think. Yes, nice. next Sunday, I'll be yes. there. Uh, I think you've, I can't. Even, you've done. You're about to do a Bridgerton styling one. Yes. Um, have I missed what, what other themes have you done? Have I missed? So we do the greatest brunch because obviously Aeronaut is very much that theme anyway. So that's really easy mm. there. And we, we have the aerial hoop and we'd sing all the greatest showman uh, songs. Um, but we have a naughty's brunch. So we've got 90s brunch, say by the 90s, then naughty naughties. So same kind of thing. Um, we have a pal ballad brunch. We have, um, we've done a mean girls brunch in the past. We haven't done that for a little while. We do Rocky Horror, usually around uh, Halloween. Um, we have done even an Amy Winehouse one. We've got back to brunch. You know, there's, oh, wow. there's so many different ones we do. Whether they're happening right now, because obviously everything we've been through it mm. is a slightly different thing. But what we're finding is when we first got back up and running, when we were allowed to in April, when we were outside and you came, um, we found that the generic kind of 90s, noughties uh, music ones really went crazy. It's Britney Brunch people love so but they went mad for the the music ones um because i think everyone loves them you know it, mm -hmm. it, we do have quite niche themes which tend to have say more girls or more uh, gay guys or whatever it may be but i think what's happened is that people just want to party with their friends and the 90s and noughties tends to tick a lot of boxes for people and a mm -hmm. lot of people bring their friends as many as they're allowed to obviously but we had a had a birthday party the other day and it was like all in sixes but there was like a whole room of people that were all together but they were all in tables with Separately. the partitions between them it was quite funny to watch really all dressed up as well what they came the guys came as the spice girls like every single one of them was dressed they looked so good like Correct. wigs shoes buffaloes the lot it was so good buffaloes. who is your favorite spice girl Oh, it's got to be Jerry. Although I do love Mel B too. And, and, but I, I follow Posh and I've met Posh twice. I met Posh oh. when I was in, um, when I was in the band. We were on a roadshow together, BBC One roadshow, when she was doing the Dane Bowers. You're out of your mind. Yeah. I was listening had, to that the other day. <laughs> oh my gosh, she had such dodgy, like, um, what's hair. the, what the hair? Yeah, what would you, 
extensions she had just dodgy extensions god bless her though but we were so excited to meet her and we just kept looking over her shoulder to see if david was around that was that was what we were doing um and then i have met her and david in a lift at so her house in la that's a zhuzhi story for you but um mm. i don't think she recognized me from our girl band days I, I don't think she did but, but yeah she, so yeah um but i so i have a soft spot for her because she's done such amazing things now with the um the label and in fashion and i've always had a penchant for fashion myself so i think that's pretty impressive but you know jerry was the i think one. she's really funny i think i think she is just really I also funny think she's really awkward to watch as a performer but i think as a person mm. i enjoy her i didn't really enjoy her on stage i think jerry was the one on stage but you're talking yeah. to someone who you know i love the spice girls right we do spice up your brunch for a reason it, it's all like let go girl power all the rest of it but they have a lot to answer for where a lot of people think that they can be pop stars because the Spice Girls, let's face it, they weren't amazing voices. I mean, Melcy had a, no. a good voice or whatever, but they were just girls that you could like see down the street. And that was the beauty of it. That was what, what made it so amazing. But what happened, I think, after that is that everyone was like, oh, girl bands, they can't sing. And then girl bands, they, you know, and I and that always used to irk me as someone who's always sang you know, since my early teens, and that was what I did. I considered myself a singer. I got into my girl band, which was post Spice Girls, so I have them to thank. Um, and we were told we weren't allowed to sing a lot of the time. We would rock up to these venues, and they'd be like, "Put this fake mic on and go on, do it, do your thing, then leave, and then go on to the next appearance." And we weren't even allowed to sing. And I'm like, "What? That's, mad. that's not yeah." And that's and the funny thing is, I still got nodules, but I blame Rita. Because we used to do stupid accents and stuff in the tour van. So, um, <laughs> and also getting up at stupid o'clock and partying, which I'm sure you know nothing about, James. So, some, I'm, a, I'm a good boy. I just bed at nine o'clock. No wine. No, no. He says as he's drinking his wine. I'm going to tell you, podcast people, he is drinking wine with a, an ice cube in there. Someone was, it was quick a... to get that down their necks and it wasn't chilled. I'm so... <laughs> as he drinks again. Pop to the local co op. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, I've got a podcast. What do I need? Where are my notes? No, where's the wine? Uh, more important. So um, I think there's a that's that that's life, kids. That's that's your tip for life, right there. As she just takes get her the back. wine in. Mm. I didn't realise how much of a sugar babes fan I was until this lockdown. I mm. started listening to the first. I didn't really listen to the mm. no. The first album I listened to was Angels of Dirty Faces, and I was like, oh. I do like Sugar Babes because I've always thought they've had like one or two hits here, here and there. But I, looking back, their albums are actually oh, oh no, this makes yeah. sense. This is there good. This, some... I can see why they've gone as long Go as they on. have. Yeah, I oh, think I was, what it is. Yeah. they um they do have. I mean, I see. So the noughties is the era that I went from the girl band and went into a function band. And I say that and people will be like, whoa. And at the time when I got the phone call, I was like, why would I want to do that? I've just been, you know, singing original, doing this, that and the other, having the time of my life. Why would I go backwards in my head and, and start singing covers? But here's the thing. It was a 12-piece band. There were four singers that fronted it. And we went and did some of the best gigs I've ever done in my whole entire life. Even to, to put, I would say better than even the girl band. Because although the re- arena tours are amazing, we did some swanky insane locations with and you know real super vips and yeah i so i so i just say and, and sugar Bates makes me think of um some of the songs we used to do like push the button and uh round round and you know those mm. songs that we'd sing as a party band so but they had some great tracks i think they had their issues with the old lineup but i think they had some yeah. really great pop songs 
that I think when you listen to them again, you were like, actually, this is a really good song. I, I was an All Saints fan, though. I think I think I like perhaps All yes. Saints just that little bit better. Mm, yeah, a bit no, All Saints are great. They're cool. They're just cool, aren't they? They're just effortlessly. They were the antidote, weren't like... they? To the Spice Girls, but I mean, Pure Sure is just a beautiful song. But I mean, the Spice Girls after Who Do You Think You Are when they came bombing out at the Brits, that was it. I was like, yeah, all right. I've been resisting, but I am. I'm. I'm buying it. I'm buying what they they're selling. And at that point, yeah. I was like, yeah, fair. So there you go. Are there any artists or bands or musicals that you would you'd really like to do for a brunch or an evening, but you don't think would really land, but you just want to do it for a purely selfish reason? I mean, I am a musical fan. I'm not a musical theater um, person in comparison with some of the people that are on the team. Theater. Um, <laughs> I'm a pop girl. I'm a, I'm a pop music songwriter, singer. I always wanted to be in uh, music in that sense, you know, um, and, and sing originals. I, the idea of doing the same show eight times, nine times a week, it doesn't fill me with joy. However, I say that. And like all performers, I think there are always certain mo- pivotal moments in their childhood where they went, oh, my goodness. And they were obsessed. And I was obsessed with West Side Story obsessed with it and Greece oh. obviously everyone's mm. obsessed with Greece like you, you always have to reenact Greece with your siblings and your cousins like that's the law um and I loved singing Greece stuff and I still sing um any Rizzo song obviously it's always got to be um there are worse things I could do ofs but West Side Story was the one for me and it still gives me goosebumps um and they're about to release the Steven Spielberg version which I'm quite apprehensive about I'm sure it's gonna yes. be amazing but I'm also, mm. you know, when you're like, something means so much to you as is, you're like, why are they redoing it? Why can't they find new ones? Which I think they should actually find new musicals because there's lots of talent out there. But I'll be intrigued to see what Steven Spielberg has done with it. We shall see. But if I was, yeah. if people have asked me before, like, who would I want to play? And I think obviously it sort of changes as you go through your career and your age range changes. But I I would love to play Nancy in Oliver. Or Oliver. Tracy Lord in uh, Philadelphia Story if it was a straight play or I think High Society if it was the musical. Tracy Lord is my ultimate, is my favourite. So Philadelphia Story is my favourite film of all time and it's Catherine Hepburn that plays Tracy Lord in the film with Cary Grant and uh, James Stewart and that's my idea of having right there. So there you go. Lovely. Ah, sweet. I think um, me in between Cary Grant and James Stewart. Just have a little moment. There we go. Yeah. Forget oh, Catherine Hepburn. I pushed her out and it's just me in between them. There we go. <gasps> Do you have a, a Catherine Hepburn impression? Really, darling. Really. Oh, I could do a Catherine Hepburn, but are we doing, uh, I don't know, of Aquitaine? Is this Lion in Winter or is this there's Tracy Lord? And Tracy Lord. Uh, I tried to think of a line for Tracy Lord. But anyway, that's my... <laughs> that was very Sorry. good. Round of applause, <laughs> live studio audience. Round of applause. Thank you. That was incredible. I would definitely want to meet her, though. If, if You know, you everyone has that, like, um, who's your celeb dinner party? Oh, yeah. She'd definitely be in there. But also Bette Davis. But there's a few. There are a few that I'd love to meet. Claudia Wilkerman. She's she's in, on the list for me. Very funny. I love I think her. she's just cool. Um yeah. Who else is on my list? You didn't ask him. Um, <laughs> I think so, you sound like you've got the same taste as me because it's funny's good. Funny has to be in. Mm. Dawn French and yeah. Jennifer Saunders. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Jennifer Saunders was there at my uh, university graduation. <gasps> uh, my 
she did a whole speech. My uni gave her a um, a degree for just being Jennifer Saunders. And she gave this really funny speech. And my sister recorded it, but she didn't know how to use my camera. So it was a little bit out of focus. But, I, but it's her, I promise. And she's great. I love her. She's I, oh, she's insane. So talking to podcasts, have you listened to their Audible original, Titting About? No. They did it during lockdown. Yeah, but the two of them had not been together for ages and they just got together during lockdown. It's genius. It's just them talking about different subjects, titting about. It's just heaven. Talk about happiness. There you go. Listen to that, whatever mood you're in, and you you will end up feeling happy. Because that for me is everything. That's my mum's sense of humour. That's who I become. I become Jennifer Saunders if um, someone tells me to ad-lib in a show. I've realized no matter who I am, whether it's I'm playing Mar- a comedy Marie Antoinette or, you know, Cersei from, you know, we did a show called Dragons and Titties. I'm allowed to say that. Dragons and Titties, which yeah, yeah. is obviously our spoof on Game of Thrones. And I'm Cersei and I have a lot of wine. I drink throughout the whole thing. There's a theme here emerging. And I'm there and I've got this mic and I'm just basically being Cersei to the audience and being awful, which is just heaven. And of course, people shout stuff out, but I realize I become Jennifer. Like, you know, you're just like, oh, that's who I sound like. And my mannerisms and everything. <laughs> and then we actually even did, me and Amy. Amy was Brienne of Tarth on stilts. Amy's like five foot three. I'm I'm yeah. five foot nine. And there's the two of us. And she's on stilts being Brienne of Tarth. And I'm Cersei. And we sang I Know Him So Well with our own lyrics, our revised version for Game of Thrones with our own lyrics. And I had a cardboard cutout of Jamie Lannister. <laughs> And we were singing about Jamie Lallister singing I Know Him So Well because of French and Saunders because we loved that skit where they sing it. So there you go. Oh, and Jamie Lannister, I've just, I've literally finished Game of Thrones for the first time last week. Jamie Jamie Lannister is a hunk. Um, oh my God, yeah. Yes. Um, bit, yeah, am I, I going to have to sing I Know Him So Well with you now because you fancy him too? Yeah. Let's do and it. I will do an appalling job. Of I know him, know him so well. Oh, God, that was terrible. <laughs> Beautiful, James. Thank you so much. All right, much. you can have him. That was just so cute. You can have him. Oh, thank you. Yeah, literally <laughs> finished it last week for the first time. Um, my boyfriend has watched it before, but I hadn't. I, I think I watched the first series and I was like, I don't get it, I don't like it. And and then I, we watched it and I was like, the more I watched it, the more I liked it. And I was like, oh, and I, can gar- I didn't know anyone's names other than Jamie, Tyrion, Cersei, Dragon Lady, Jon Snow, um... Old guy, Sam. Everyone else has like a nickname. The rest of them well, are like Dragon Lady's a nickname for obviously you're talking about Daenerys there, right? Yeah. But it's even her name just, I keep forgetting. Love <laughs> like, that. Well she had several in it, so that's you'd be your I don't blame you for Breaker like, of either. Chains. <laughs> yes. Mother Such of Dragons. Mother of Dragons. Doer of dry cleaning. Yeah, that kind <laughs> of stuff. <laughs> and I actually didn't mind the ending either. I know because I mean, at the time I heard people were really sat annoyed at the the last series and i was like i'm all right with this actually this is yeah that's nice no well do you know what was brilliant it's probably one of those it will never happen again but we would do we were performing dragons and titties um every saturday at the point where it was the last season and it was on tv and i have never been in a situation where you've got super fans in the audience which we we're used to super fans but it was electric because you'd got something that had happened the week before or whatever. And they were waiting to see if we put it in. And we did. We, there were people that came again and again each week to see what we did with it. And I've never been in that 
position and I don't think it ever happened again because mm. you know it was so popular and for example the third episode they finished with uh, Jenny of Oldstones you know the song it's like a folky song that's super beautiful and haunting mm. and um, Florence Welsh did a version of it for Game of Thrones and I'm like yes I do know at the end yeah. of that episode message Amy straight away went, it's going in she's like oh my god it's so going in so we added it um the next week and honestly I'm getting goosebumps talking about it, it we had it like hoods on and candles and there were three of us that came out singing it it was so good and I'm getting I'm getting goosebumps and then uh, Kaylee came out um on point and she danced uh she was Jenny of old stones because mm. it talks about her and her you know being a ghost oh my god so good and that was how we um started Beautiful. the second act of the show and honestly i've never i don't think it'll ever happen again where everything's so that current that people are like amazed that we've even been able to put it in the show you know it was such a pleasure and part of me is like i don't know i mean we had amazing circus we had a duo pole act that that was daenerys and you know, when she was um, Dothraki. Like, we had some crazy, amazing stuff. And you know when you're like, how can we do this again? But Can I um, make a special request that you do a Ab Fab-inspired uh, brunch, please? That what way would we could call it? Bolly, darling. <laughs> there you go. It works itself. <gasps> Bolly brunch. Uh, La Croix, sweetie. Uh, Bolly brunch, yeah. Um, is it, I mean, Loads of I've, I've, I've seen a, dra- a couple of drag brunches do it. I don't know if it was I a bet. brunch or whether it was a show, but I would love I to do that. that. You know, my brother, when I said to my brother, I was, I'm just going to go up and use the office just to, to do the podcast. And I said, I've got to think of something happy. And he went, tell them that I was in absolutely fabulous film. Tell, tell them that. I was like, Mike, that doesn't make anyone happier than you, but fine. <laughs> so that was what he wanted me to say as well. It is harnessed, no less. At Vauxhall Tavern, I think it was, or something Oh, yeah, I think I know the scene. What's he you ever called? You probably know him from that scene. He's called Michael Cowlishaw. Michael, you did a fantastic job in the film, by the way. I'll have to watch it again, but I'm sure you look great. So, the future. You've got Bruncherton coming up. Bruncherton and the Pleasure Gardens, because we're all history nerds. Are they two different things, those events? Or are they the same events? It's... On the same day, but what we're doing is we're doing a brunch, which is two sittings, so 11 till 2 and then 2.30 till 5.30. Two sittings of brunch, because it's immersive theatre, so we're doing it like that. And also Mm -hmm. because of limits for the venue, so we have to kind of limit it um, and do it in sittings. And then after a certain point, it becomes the Pleasure Gardens. And the reason that we're doing Pleasure Gardens, I'd say the Pleasure Gardens are a little more risque, if you will, sir. The Pleasure Gardens, Um, is that the gardens behind the RVT, or am I completely wrong? Yeah. The, oh, the original most famous pleasure gardens in London were the Vauxhall Pleasure Gardens. Yes. And further down was the more posher aristocratic uh, Ranley or Ranley. I don't know, quite know how they pronounce it, but Ranley Gardens, which is featured in um, Vanity Fair, the latest Vanity Fair that was on TV. Hmm. Um, but Vauxhall Pleasure Gardens, was it went on for like 250 years and it was the place to go. Um, I don't know if you've ever noticed at Vauxhall Station, there's a plaque... Um, like a, a thing that's because uh, it's not a lot it doesn't tell you about the history but there's a little bit there you can find um a guy called ch simpson who used to welcome people to Vauxhall pleasure gardens by um doing a, a myriad of uh, extravagant bows he would just do and it makes me think of like monty python's ministry of silly walks but he would just <laughs> do a flurry of bows all the time so ch simpson's going to be at the pleasure gardens because we're all like oh he's got to be there might be one of the girls dressing up but we'll see 
So there you go. What can we what can we expect without any spoilers? Or is that even I mean it's fine. No, we we you can expect if you're a Bridgerton fan, you can expect everything that you saw in Bridgerton. We're going to have um you know, we have to really, don't we? We have to represent the Duke. Every the first question everyone asks is, is the Duke gonna be there? I mean I can't, you know, say that the exact actor uh, who is no longer in season two will turn up. I would love that to be the case. Um, but we are definitely going to represent the Duke. We are going to have um, the Duchess and we're going to have her maybe some stuff going on with her, the lessons, the lessons in love that she got from the Duke. We maybe have a little bit of that going on. <laughs> definitely some gossip. We're going to have the um, wardrobe mistress. What was her name? The 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 French one, Madame. Oh, the, the, uh, she was in two packets of lager, yeah. a packet of crisps. Uh, oh, Catherine really Drysdale. Catherine yeah. Dreiser, but I can't remember the name of her character. Anyway, we're going to have Madame... our wonderful souvenir, um, who is our wonderful drag queen. She's going to be hanging around the girls' toilets, which sounds really dodgy, um, with like, you know, accoutrement, spray, tape measure, you know, combs, beautiful adornments for everyone's wigs to help them with what they look like. So that's what souvenir is going to do. Um, we're going to have a Queen Charlotte pop up, of course. She has to pop up. We have the wonderful Tatiana, who's going to be our Queen Charlotte. Um, and I haven't decided quite who my... Oh, no, we've got Angelique Choreographique, who is going to teach people how to dance, um, who's the wonderful Amy. She's going to be Angelique and uh, teach everyone dance moves so that you've got a full dance card. Um, and then, you know, there's going to be opera. There's going to be wonderful, beautiful singing. Maybe Chrissy will pop up and sing us some tunes, but we're going to have a lot of fun. And I think what's nice about the Winchester Club which is Winchester House Club, I should say, is that it's got all these lovely rooms and front and back garden and people will kind of feel immersed in the story mm -hmm. and they will get things to do and there will be gossip that we need them to spread and, yeah, things like that, as well as, you know, Prosecco. And, uh, and sh should people food. come dressed up for this? How does it yeah. work? Was it like, can I like... <sighs> Uh, Should I get the quarter out now? Or? <laughs> <laughs> like you don't have an 18th century outfit in your wardrobe. You do. I mean, Which means I do. Oh, I put on a little more. Uh, <laughs> I just need to get the corset and just really tighten it up a bit more. Um, That's what they did then. Gin and uh, corsets. Uh, sort your rights out. <laughs> Super. Um, That's so exciting. So when when is that? Okay, so Brunchton and the Pleasure Gardens is happening on the 24th and 25th of July, which is the Saturday and Sunday. And if that one goes well, sells well, then we'll probably do it again at the end of August. Um, and obviously, you know, fingers crossed all these restrictions permitting because any any trouble with that, we should just put it back to the end of August. But I think we'll be fine. Fingers crossed. Um, fingers crossed. Because it's immersive and we want people to be able to wander around freely without having to be escorted and all the, mm. that malarkey, we're kind of wanting to make sure that restrictions have lifted. But, you know, it'll happen one way or another. Um, and everyone will get a chance to wear their best wig. Everyone's got one of those knocking about in their wardrobe, haven't they? Yeah. Like a Marie Antoinette full-on powdered wig, so, right? Just a little mole. Done. Heart-shaped mole. James, <gasps> I can't wait to see uh, you. You're going to rock I, up like I'm, Lord Byron. I'm excited to see who your, your Duke is going to be He's in the show. He's so fit. So fit. so fit. Let's face it, that's why oh. we watched Brisbane. We didn't watch it. I mean, it wasn't the storyline, was it? Jamie Lannister and the Duke. I'm a happy man. Being I think we'll be fighting over him, though. Um, yes, <laughs> to answer your question, obviously the Duke has to be fit. We do have a couple of guys that we are hoping to uh, bagsy for it, but it depends on who's free and, and what's what. But yeah, 
For sure. We only have beautiful people at the Brentenden. <laughs> <laughs> speaking of your speaking of your your team, who we, how many core members are there of Impossible Things? I don't know why I'm I'd say um core as far as day-to-day work would be three of us as me amy's my creative partner heather does our social media and of course you've you've met heather and amy they they both perform um as all of the team do the team are multifaceted multi-talented and that's why i love them just like myself you know um but yeah we have and then i would say then the next rung of that would be the performers but we always have an ensemble that we go to first so we've got the wonderful kaylee who played melisandre and um she also was cersei doing the walk of shame on glass you know and she also was amy winehouse when we needed to be and she does amazing stuff kaylee um kaylee's our sultry um circus sideshow performer um she's also one third of the candy heartbreakers who um are amy's trio amy is one third too um and they perform do lots of stuff for me so whether it's 1940s work with imperial war museum or you know um so they do the fall on feathers and all the rest of it or whether it's you know the greatest brunch or whatever the girls can tap dance they can you know dance do the traditional stuff ballet but they can also swirl around on hoops and poles and things and do crazy fire you know acts so i would say that's my core and then the extended guys that i have you know craig webb and some beautiful vocalists chrissy if we need classical i'm very lucky because what i do in london has meant that i have these amazing friends and they are friends who we just want to hang out with and just so happens we all just get so much joy from singing and performing that we can make a living out of it because it's contagious and I think people want us to come back for that very reason because we're mates hanging out that's really the essence of what we do in an outfit you know so um, Amy and I are just always coming up with, with new ideas so that we can keep doing that that's beautiful that's really lovely oh um oh got the, got the feels there um <laughs> So obviously during COVID, you and your team were doing Once Upon a Crime, um, which I've been a part of, which was amazing. Um, it was essentially a live Zoom murder mystery kind murder mystery murder yeah murder mystery. A mystery was had. There was a murder, um, and you had recorded videos, and you'd have to do clues, and then you go take into another video. But then you guys would jump in and then help with the story and the crime. Where did that? Did you what firstly? I might, this might not go in the podcast. Was that filmed in Chiswick? Yes. And and you can keep this in. We're about to start new brunches at George the Fourth there in Chiswick. <gasps> so literally your manner. Yeah. Yay! And, and and I should put it out there to your podcasters. Maybe they have some ideas about what they would like us to do, what themes we would like to do. And we are all ears because, and give you a bit of an exclusive, we had a meeting oh. yesterday and we're going to do this as soon as it's definite that restrictions are lifting. So end of July, we will be doing things like Power Bella Brunch there. Um, we're looking at a smashed hits brunch. So that will be 70s, 80s, 90s, noughties, nice. depending on what vibe we're going for. Uh. And we're looking also at brunch upon a time rather than when you wish upon a brunch but brunch upon a time so it opens it up to books so you can talk about obviously all the royal dial books but then harry potter um you know whatever books you're into really even you know twilight mm. anything uh hunger games so brunch upon a time but also we've been discussing a musical madness brunch because i don't know if you know about that but we have an open mic called musical madness that we tend no. to do um pre-covid we were doing um sort of every other week uh, month and then we went online and did one online which was really successful so we're thinking about doing a musical madness brunch because we think obviously you know up the musicals and 
it needs that push after it's had such a, a hard time recently, the musical theatre world. Um, but also we're talking about Brunch and Mia. Here we go again and maybe doing like a Mamma Mia. Because everyone loves ABBA, right? I love these names. They're just that, great. They're so smart. They're so Brunch clever. and Mia. And then two more that I have to say on the names tip that you might like. Nobody puts brunch in the corner. What's that one? That's um, not Flash Dance. It's, um, oh my God. Uh, dancing. I always, I always yeah. It's too mixed up. Edit it out. Don't worry. You'll sound really clever. Yeah, um, well, I got it. <laughs> and then the other one is Brunches Assemble, a marvellous I was going to say, can you do this as well? Really? Yes. I love Marvel. I'm a massive geek. So my, my brother. My... <gasps> That's you exciting. You need to meet him. It sounds like you do need to meet him. But he, I mean, I'm trying to look to see if there's anything in this office, but it's all over his walls. He's got all the Lego Marvel, Lego pictures. And yeah, he's complete Marvel nut. And again, we're please involve the X-Men. Yeah, we're going to get Kaylee dressed as, um, you know, Wonder Woman and she'll do some crazy stuff like with lassoes and the pole and i don't know but um so you you'd go to that one then oh a hundred percent i love marvel love okay. just a little side note for you wonder woman is dc not marvel oh, just, just so you know just right, so you right. know but i mean so is it open enough if we say brunch is assembled is that people just going to go it's marvel only yeah, i i would as i've assumed i if i i'd be being the geek i am i'd be like if i saw like Batman, annoyed superman away because if we do brunches assemble a marvelous brunch people are going to just think it's marvel so i'm going to have to maybe call it the super but you could brunch. do and friends but are they friends in that universe no, i mean no not really but yeah. how do i do you this do. i'm gonna have to ask you the expert to come up with a brunch name for it I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to think. I'm not as quick as you are. I'm gonna have to sit Take on that time. one. Don't worry. There's no, no. It's not countdown. There's no on the spot situation. Super brunch. No, that's crap. Um, I will super come back brunch. to you in that one. I'll, yeah, you know. I would put it in in the the caption when you advertise this podcast on your mm. on your Instagram and I'll But yes, I'd be there in a heartbeat. In a flash. Um, <laughs> in a flash. See. <laughs> This is why you do what you do, and I listen to the the people who do the, what you do. <laughs> and you try to. So I sit to down and be quiet, up. and everyone else is the funny people. Um, so, but you mentioned something about fringe with Once Upon a Crime. What's the yeah. dealio with dealio with that? So Once Upon a Crime definitely is a whodunit. It's our immersive digital whodunit, and we tried to take what we do on stage and bring it to the people online which is why we host it in a live character format because I think that's part of what makes it different to maybe other escape rooms games that people have done over lockdown so I wouldn't even describe it as an escape room even though some people try and do that I think it's immersive theatre with a um, whodunit element so that's Mm. that's the way I do it Um, it is yeah going to Ed Fringe we are going to be part of Assembly Festival which is um, the venue that we're attached to for it and we haven't got the definite like link yet but it will be popping up on our Instagram site which is Impossible Things UK um, and you can also get us on Facebook that way and um, ImpossibleThingsEntertainment.com is the website but we will be shopping that around for the month of August whilst Ed Fring- Edinburgh Fringe is on and it's our first Ed Fringe so we're super excited and we're hoping that that will be a precursor to maybe doing it live uh, the following year whether it'll be Once Upon a Crime live that we'll do some sort of sort of show version of it 
um, or whether we'll have another uh, play by then, because I am writing an 18th century play right now based on the women of Mayfair um, and some of the, the awesome women that were around at that point. Um, I've just decided that they all knew each other and um, created a story around that. So hopefully one way or another we'll be um, in person at the Edinburgh Fringe next year. But this is our first Ed Fringe with Once Upon a Crime online and we're very excited. That's incredible. You you sound so busy. You've got your your hand in all the all the pies, fingers in all the pies. No, I'd say hand. I'd say I yeah, love pie. So- I yeah, so I'm like, yeah, <laughs> put my hand in, eating it, doing all of that. Yeah, I'm always busy. I but only because I mean, I just love what I do. So it's it's kind of I'm always feeling like come on, let's just, I want it all. I want the whole pie, you know, come on, let's do it. That's part of the fun for me. I'm just lucky enough to have amazing, creative, talented people around me that go, okay, (laughs) and we can do it together. What was your favourite kind of pie? (gasps) Well, there's the question. I mean, the classic apple pie is always going to be a winner, but I'd say cherry. I love the cherry pie. Yeah. So I was going to go for I was going to go for more from a savory, just a full on steak pie, bit of gravy. Well, bit of I'm, I have to say, Northern, the pie so. that gets me the most invitations, or it did in LA when I used to cook it, is a, a Swedish recipe that I got because I dated a Swede for a while, and um, it was his Mormor's recipe, and it's a mince meat pie, and it's bloody lovely. You're making me hungry now. It's really ah. good, and for those vegans out there, I'm sure you could do a version that's vegan because I've got a lot of friends that are vegans, but. I mean, my brother. They're not here. So. No, they're not here. And my brother's house is very much a, a meat house, but um, it's really good. I'll send you the recipe if you're into Please baking. Do. Yeah, pies. I'm curious. Um, yeah, I like I like a pie. Yeah, I do. I do a good pie. Yeah. This yeah. conversation is just amazing. We have come to the end of the podcast now, um, <laughs> just because I ran out of pie jokes. Um, but thank <laughs> you very much for joining us. You did mention your socials, but can you um, preach them again to us, please? Absolutely. We are at Impossible Things UK on Instagram, Facebook, um, and impossiblethingsentertainment.com on the old web. Um, if you want to find me on Spotify, it's Lindsay Shaw, and the, the EP is Stateside Volume 1. And I'll let you just Google Girls at Play if you want to have that kind of fun. Thank you so much. This has been so much fun. And um, we'll I'll see you next week, actually, uh, at the at the brunch. So Fantastic. Saved by the 90s. What are you wearing? Say by the 90s. I, a little bit more I, than I what need... you're wearing right now? Or this outfit, I mean, maybe? I might do my hairs and curtains, maybe. Actually, I look terrible in curtains. I can't pull them off. Um, but I don't know. I need to, I'm I need to sit down curtains. and think about that I, one. I told you all about my curtains. So, yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, I will uh, say goodbye now then, and I'll talk to you soon. Fantastic. Thank you for having me, James. It's been an absolute pleasure. And I love the whole ethos behind your podcast. And it's very special. Oh, so. Thank you. Everyone, be happy. Be happy. Ah. <laughs> <laughs>